share this morning about what are your personal convictions? You know, a conviction is conviction is a guilty verdict brought by a court. Or it could be a feeling of guilt given by the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we're convicted about something we're doing wrong, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll convict us about what we're doing. Or a conviction can be a personal held firmly belief, a, a firmly held personal belief, a conviction. We have a conviction about something. You know, if you're in court and they convict you, they convict you because they found enough evidence to bring a conviction. And so as we think about it, you know, when we think about what are my personal convictions, what things can they have to say about me that they can have enough evidence to say, well, that's his conviction. He really has a, he really believes that. And a conviction is not a personal preference. You can say, well, I kind of think or I kind of like or, well, you know, that's not a conviction. A conviction is a solid, immovable belief based on faith in God's word. So it's, it's something more than just like, well, I think I would. And I don't think convictions, we don't always know sometimes our convictions until our convictions are tested. You know, I can say, well, I'll do this if persecution comes or I'll do that. And I would hope I would do this or that. But sometimes we don't know what our convictions are until we're tested to see whether or not we'll really take the stand. Whether or not we'll really say, well, that's, yes, I'll, I'll do that, whatever. Whatever the cost. Without personal convictions, we won't do God's will when adversity, trials, or persecution comes our way. You know, this morning it's very easy for us to sit here in this room and have strong personal convictions. You know, nobody's threatening me. Nobody's saying anything about me that I know of. <laughs> you know, nobody's being mean to me. Nobody's, no, there's nothing, you know, that makes me, you know, test my convictions. But, you know, convictions are what we really will stand for when adversity comes. What will I really stand and hold firm with when adversity comes or trials or persecution comes my way? And I think that's something we all need to reflect about and, and think about. You know, what is it that I really have a conviction about? And like I say, we don't know sometimes until we're tested. But I think we have to kind of at least settle it somewhat within us so when trials and things come, that there's something there. I think if we don't think about it ahead of time when trials and tribulation and things come against us, we probably won't have any convictions. They'll probably be so wishy-washy that, you know, we, we'll just go with whatever's happening. And I think when we think about personal convictions, I think there are some examples in the Bible that we really need to take a look at and uh, learn from. And one of the big ones that I see is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. In Luke, the ninth chapter, Jesus is on his way to a cross. He knows, he knows that's the ultimate destination. He's heading towards Jerusalem. And in Luke nine fifty one, it says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. 
And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. It says in that scripture that Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He set his face. To me, that's, that's a picture. That's a picture. You know, when you pour concrete, if you've ever poured concrete, concrete's no good until it sets. It's got to set. It's got to get solid. It's got to get firm. It says Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He said it. He, he was determined, and that was a conviction, if you want to call it a conviction. It was a, he determined that that's what he was going to do, knowing full well what was going to happen in Jerusalem. He knew what was ahead. He knew that he was going to be mocked. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to die for somebody that didn't deserve it. It takes conviction to do that. It takes conviction. I don't see any way you can be wishy-washy about it. You know, nothing within us says, okay, I'm willing to go do that just for a bunch of people that don't deserve it. The Bible says, you know, some would die it for a good person, do for a good person, some would die. But who would die for somebody that didn't deserve it? Who would go through all that? But Jesus knew that. He knew, he knew what the Father had for him to do, and he knew the price, and he knew what was expected. And he had a conviction. It says he set his face to Jerusalem. He was firm in that. He said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. You know, we, we think, well, he had no choice. I believe he had a choice. I believe, the, I believe the part of Jesus, there was a part of him that had a choice. But that part of him set his face. Set his face. He was determined. He had conviction. There's no way he could do it any other way. He couldn't be wishy-washy. Well, you know, couldn't you easily talk yourself out of that? I, I think you could. There's all kinds of things you could say to talk yourself out of doing what he was going to do. But he didn't. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 15th verse, it says this. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tested as we are, yet without sin. It says Jesus was tested. He's tempted like we are. You know, but in the midst of that, he set his face. He determined that this is what I'm going to do. What are we determined to do? What are we determined to do at all costs? Whatever the cost is. You know, how many things are we willing to do at all costs? In Isaiah, the 50th chapter, Isaiah, the 50th chapter, the seventh verse, says, for the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Isaiah says, I have set my face like flint. Like flint. I've set my face like flint. It's solid. It's not going to move. What kind of things are we that sure about? What is, it, what is it that causes us to be so sure that we're not going to move? You know, some of us get stubborn. 
And, you know, and stubbornness is one thing. I don't know that stubbornness is conviction. You know, possibly could be. But, you know, stubbornness doesn't necessarily make conviction. It just means, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, sometimes your children, you might think they have conviction when maybe they're just stubborn. I don't know. You know, and some are more so than others, the stronger willed they are. You know, you sometimes look at kids and what do they do? They'll just look you right in the eye and go, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. They've set their mind. They've set their face. They've made a decision. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that's always good, but I'm saying that kind of determination is what we're talking about. That kind of determination says, I'm willing to do this at any cost, at any cost. You know, and and, uh, sometimes the cost isn't all that great. You know, if you think about it, do you ever do you ever sway a little bit? And the cost isn't like you have to die. Sometimes somebody just asks you to do something you really don't think you ought to do, and you really don't want to do, but you know you hate to say no. I don't want to. I don't want to go against what everybody else is thinking or doing. I don't. I don't. I don't want people to think I'm different. I don't want people to think that. Well, you know. I'm too, maybe we might say, religious. How can we be that way if, and then say we have conviction? That we're set, we're determined, that nothing is going to sway us. And sometimes, like I say, it can, be, it can be relatively small. And I think sometimes, you know, there's people, there's people now, now, currently, giving their lives for their faith. I know, you know, we don't, it's, I don't, I can't relate to that. I don't know, I don't, I try, I try to think about it. Not a whole lot. But, you know, I realize that there are people who die for their faith every day. Hundreds of thousands a year die for their faith. Mary, I, I just happened to think about it. I, I think I'll tell this right, but she was, I think it was last night, she was saying that in Rome, when they were cutting people's heads off, that eventually the Christians willing to die, they walked around with their heads kind of stuck out so they could just cut them off. And they finally thought, well, no sense doing this. They're all too willing. <laughs> and I don't know, isn't that about what you said, Mary? Isn't that kind of the essence of the story? It was in Rome, yeah. And the Jews, yeah. And so, you know, you think about it. You think about it, just willing to do that. People willing to pay the price of their life for their faith. That takes conviction. It takes conviction. You can't be, well, I think so. I believe there's times in our life when we face things that take conviction. Do I believe God's word or don't I? Do I believe God's word is true or don't I? How does it affect my decisions? How does it affect what I do? The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And I need to get that conviction that I believe that God's word is true because that will be tested. I, I've never found it that that's not tested. I've also found that when you take a step to believe something, you'll get tested a little extra at that point. Just to see, just to see. What do you really believe? Do I believe it no matter what I see? Do I believe it no matter my circumstances? Do I believe it no matter what's going on around me? 
That's tough sometimes. Sometimes when you get it in a very practical way, that gets really hard. To believe God's word and what he says and not my circumstances and what I see. And maybe sometimes what everybody else is doing. You know, what everybody else around me could be doing the exact opposite thing. But I have conviction that I believe this is what God wants me to do. The apostles, the apostles in the early church needed conviction. In Acts, the fourth chapter. Acts, the fourth chapter, the 18th verse. It says they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. They called the apostles and they says, Peter and John, they said, don't teach or speak at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you or more, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot speak, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You know, they, they, they said, you know, you can't, you can't do that anymore. You can't talk. You can't teach about Jesus. And they said, well, you decide whether it's right or not. But we cannot help but talk about the things we've seen and heard. And it says, then they, when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. So the disciples said, well... You know, we can't help it. They had conviction. They said, we can't help but tell what God has done. Maybe sometimes we have trouble with conviction because we aren't sure what God has done. You know, maybe sometimes we aren't sure whether or not God's working in my life. But if God is working in my life and I believe what God has done for me, then I need to have convictions. It says we can't help ourselves. We can't help but talk about the things that we have seen and heard. What have you seen and heard? What has God done for you? What, are, what price are you willing to pay? Price. Is it a conviction until there's a price to be paid? You know? And I think we, 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 it's good for us to think about that. Maybe reflect. Not in a negative way, but just to sit back and say, wow, what has the Lord done for me? How can I not tell others of what I've seen and heard? How can I not stand up for what's right? How can I not stand for what I know is true? Irregardless of what's going on around me. Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to pay the price? Sometimes, sometimes the biggest price is acceptance. Being accepted by other people. Sometimes we have to be willing to pay that price that we're not always going to be accepted. Jesus actually told us that we won't be, by the way. You know, he, didn't, he didn't say, oh, follow me and everybody's going to love you. They'll all just think you're wonderful. You'll be accepted by everybody. Jesus said, actually, if you follow me, he says, your mother and father may not accept you. Your family may not accept you. You know, he says, by the way, 
you will be persecuted. Oh, wow. Nobody ever told me that. You know, I didn't know it. I didn't know it could be that serious. I didn't know it could be that serious. But we, we all need personal convictions. And I believe that when we have personal convictions, that number one, we'll have a sense of purpose. A real sense of purpose. Not just any purpose, but we'll have a sense of God's will and God's plan for us. That we'll have a conviction about, you know, I believe this is what the Lord wants. I believe this is God's desire. And I want to do that. I want to do His will. When we have personal convictions, we'll have faith in God. We'll be able to trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him for everything. You know, that's, that's, that's a big word, everything. You know, I can trust Him for the things I have. I can trust Him for the things I see. I can trust Him for the things He's already given me. But I have to be able to say, trust Him for everything. So I have to trust Him for things I can't see. I have to trust Him for situations where I don't see, I don't see a way out. I have to be able to trust Him to take care of me or take care of my loved ones when I don't see a way. You know, it says, you know, there's this, I think it's a song that says, God can make a way when there seems to be no way. That's trust. That's trust. And really, I don't have to trust him a whole lot if I can see a way. If I can figure it out, if I can make it happen. But all those times when I get where I can't. And I can't see a way and I can't see out. And I can't figure it out and I don't know how, what to do and where to go. And then I, can I trust him? Can I have that conviction to trust him, trust him for everything? Do I have personal conviction so I will reject compromise? The pressures of the world around me. I believe that's getting stronger and stronger, probably more than we even know. You know, they always say if you, you know, boil a frog a little bit at a time, eventually he doesn't even know it, and then he just dies. I sort of feel like that's kind of where maybe Christians could be if we're not careful. That the world just slowly goes down a path and we kind of get floating along with them and all of a sudden we're at a place we don't really even realize where we are. You know, the worldly pressures. Society says this is okay. Society says this is the way to go. You know, we're going we're gonna to do a Bible study this Thursday night talking about same-sex marriage, transgender people, and all those issues. I want you to know that most young people think it's okay. Most young people are growing up thinking it's completely okay. There is no standard. God, you know, they don't even, they don't, aren't even aware of a standard. They believe it's all okay. Besides, one, as one girl said, besides my uncle's like that anyway, so it must be okay. That's their standard. 
So what do you think it's like if we share them, we share with them God's word? You know, that's going to be a real interesting shock, I think, because they believe that's okay. But that's just the way everybody, that is, you accept it. And if you don't accept it, what are you? Well, you're some kind of a horrible person because you don't accept these people and love them. I say that just to tell you, that's where the, you know, the world is, and that's where our young people are getting to real quick. That's accepted. And so when you stand up and say anything different, it's like, well, what planet are you from? You know, and there's many other things, I believe, that are like that. And we have to be willing to have convictions and not give in to peer pressure. Not give in to having to be accepted by those around us. When we have conviction, we will not fear what man says. You know, are you to, are you at a place where it doesn't bother you? And you can say, oh, no, it doesn't bother me. Well, until somebody says something. You know. Until somebody says something about you personally. About what you think or how you believe. You know, if we have personal convictions, we have to we have to not fear. We have to not fear. If we have personal convictions, we can't fear loss. We can't fear loss. Can't fear loss. You know, the reality is it's not yours in the first place. We all say that. You know, if I give a, if I give a quiz, you know, most Christians go, well, the Bible says it's not mine in the first place. And, you know, we know that. My question is, then why do we fight so hard to keep it? If it's not mine in the first place. You know? Why, why am I threatened if somebody's going to take it away from me? You know, I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't stand up for ourselves and all that, but you know, reality, folks, it's not ours. It's not ours. You know? You can say, well, I got a deed. Well, I can tell you times in history when your deed was a worthless piece of paper. All it takes is a swipe of a pen of a government and every deed you've got is a worthless piece of paper. You can say, well, it's mine. You can yell it's mine all you want. It's not yours. I'm not saying that's right or nothing, but I'm just saying it's not ours. We're stewards of what God has given us. But that's a hard concept. That's a hard concept to get through my head sometimes. That it doesn't belong to me. Doesn't belong to me. And if I understand that again, guess what? Then I don't fear so much if somebody's going to take it away. That I can have convictions about doing what's right, no matter what the cost is. No matter what the cost because I believe there will always be a cost at some point in time. It may not be our life. may not be losing our property or everything. But I think there are things that will challenge my convictions at some point in time. Maybe just not going along with what everybody else says. Taking a stand for what I believe. Taking a stand about what I believe God's word says. Standing for what I think is right. And so I just encourage you to kind of, you know, just reflect on what are my convictions? How strong are my convictions? 
And if tested, can I take that stand? Can I take that stand? Because probably until your convictions are tested, you're not sure. You know, like I say, I can have convictions about all kinds of stuff until I'm tested. And then I'm tested, then I go, whoa. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. How important is it? Well, probably affects eternity. Probably affects eternity. If I'm not willing to die, if I'm not willing to take that stand, then it's probably not a belief that I hold as a conviction. It's, it's, just, it's just not that strong then. And I believe God wants us to have convictions. He wants us to stand. He wants us to stand firm in faith in him and trusting him. And so as we think about this time of year when we think about Jesus' death on the cross, we think about him going to the cross. You know, we pause and we, we think about that. What did he do? He had a conviction. He, had a, he set his mind. He set his face. He said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do no matter what. Was he tempted along the way? I believe he was. The Bible says he was tempted just like you and me, but without sin, without sin. He did it without sinning. You and I, we can't, we don't do it without sinning, but still we're to have that conviction. We're to have that conviction. We're to have that belief that's set and set. This is what I'm going to do. This is here I stand. This is where I stand. This is what I believe. I will do whatever. I will do what God wants. Whatever the cost. Whatever it might be. You know, and, you know sometimes I thought about this message and I thought, well, you know, you hate to kind of stand up and say all this and then think, oh boy, you kind of get your, what do you kind of do? Get your neck out there a little bit and say, well, I said it. Well, you know, sometimes we need to say it. We need to say it. If I'm afraid to say it, <laughs> then it's not a conviction. Then it's not even a conviction. I can even say it. So, you know, we have to be able to stand. We have to say it. That, you know, this is what we believe. This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. Put our faith in God and trust his word. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Or when we say trust you, sometimes we think, oh, no. Or we think sometimes trust you means it's going to be bad. But, Lord, help us to realize that trusting you is good. Lord, trusting you is good. That you're a good God. You're a good Father. Lord, we thank you that we can stand for what's true and what's right. Lord, we thank you that you stood for what's right when you came to that cross when you took those beatings, when you took that mocking, when the crowd jeered at who you were, Lord, you took all of that for us. Lord, help us to have that kind of conviction. Lord, that we can stand for you no matter what comes our way. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. Lord, as we go forth this week, help us when we hit those moments when our convictions will be tested. Because, Lord, they, they will be tested. And, Lord, help us to stay true to you and your word. 
Lord, we just pray that if anyone has a prayer request, a need for prayer this morning, they'd like to pray, that they'd come up and let Rose and Jim pray with them this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can agree in prayer, that we can come to you and pray and bring our requests. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. Lord, be with us now as we go forth. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.